Buongiorno, or Buonasera, or whatever it is they say around here. Ciao, perhaps. Hello. Welcome to the very first of the Bunker Podcast Ryder Cup Commute in association with Callaway Golf. Coming to you live from my bedroom at the Hotel <laughs> Eurogarden, or Eurogarden, as they say around here. Hello, Michael McEwen here. Lovely to have your company. This is the first time we've done a Ryder Cup commute, and I must say, it feels quite nice. We've done Masters ones, we've done Open ones, and now we're going for the Ryder Cup. So thank you very much for coming along and tuning in. I'm joined in my bedroom, which feels very <laughs> uncomfortable to say, by Bunkered Associate Editor Alex Perry. Put some clothes on, for God's sake. <laughs> Look, normally when we do this podcast, I'm at home, so it's okay to be naked. <laughs> so just get over it. I'm nude. This is happening. Let's just move on talk about golf. <laughs> for the record, Alex is almost fully clothed. Almost. We're both wearing shorts because, by the way, it is, it is boiling. Roasting. Oh, my God. We were talking about this on the bus on the way back. We were trying to work out the last time there was actually a hot Ryder Cup on this side of the Atlantic. Because if you go back through, France was freezing, Glen Eagles was freezing, Wales was soaking wet, <laughs> the Belfries was always underwater. soaking wet, K-Club was underwater. Like it's Even Spain in 97 at Valderrama, yeah. I've got memories of that being not ideal in terms of weather. And then before that, you're back to... Belfry 1993 which was the last time that the US won on European soil don't forget Alex as if that's not been talked about enough maybe that's the portent of things to come good weather conditions in Europe at a Ryder Cup equals a US win maybe also get that off your uh, off your bingo card <laughs> he's mentioned it what are we recording 45 seconds he's mentioned it yep straight away that is of course the big talking point of this week I should add that Alex's legs beautifully tanned mine look like out of bound states <laughs> but you know I've upgraded I've been in Rome for a day and I've gone from blue to white so we're, we're making definite progress on the leg front you are the whitest man in Italy <laughs> it's true <laughs> I feel like it makes me stand out, maybe not in a good way. But look, we have been here, Alex, now. This was our first full day on site. We arrived in Rome late last night at the golf course this morning. The seven o'clock shuttle bus, we were on it. The the red-eye bus heading towards <laughs> the, the golf course. And we spent the whole day there. So give listeners a, a flavour, if you like, of your, your first impressions, what you saw and what really stood out for you on day one. Well, first of all, Italian driving lessons or Italian to, to learn how to pass your driving test in Italy. I'm pretty sure they just stick you in a car and they just go, that makes it go. That turns <laughs> the wheel. Like it just, what is that all about? I was, I got in the, in the car on the, on the way over to the hotel last night after I got off my flight and I was just sat there. I was like, Oh, this, this will be all right. And then the, the guy doesn't speak any English, but he turns around to me and he's like, seatbelt. And I was like, jeez. And I, I had, first of all, I had my seatbelt on because I'm very responsible. But also it was like, it would it would have only been more terrifying if it had been Freddy Krueger turning around to me and being like, seatbelt. I was just like, okay, that's a really weird thing to say to me. When A, when I've already got it on and B, really menacingly. And then of course you start weaving down, is it the A90 that runs alongside our hotel here between the airport and where we are uh just big open motorway this guy was just weaving it like it was like i was in real life grand theft auto it yeah. was absolutely terrifying and it's almost that, like they looked at mario kart and went that's a, that's good, a idea. good idea yeah we're just a few banana skins it'll be fine but <laughs> there was one point where he went to merge lanes and i was merely 
I want to say a foot and a half away from the girl in the back seat of the car next to me. I was oh just like God. looking, I was looking into the white of her eyes and saying, yep, I don't like this either. What's but, um, white are her eyeballs or my legs? <laughs> the well, legs, isn't it? <laughs> it's close, but yeah, it was, it was a pretty terrifying experience. But no, we obviously got to the golf course this morning and yeah, well, like, like we said at the top of the show, like it's the first thing you noticed was like, it is bloody hot. Mm-hmm. Like, it is stupidly hot. And we, we did that uh, trek up to the wonderful little media. We're very, very lucky, actually. And we, we sort of take it for granted a little bit. But when you think that of, of the people that are going to be queuing at that first tee to get on that grandstand on Friday morning, not Thursday, we start on Friday. Uh, I want to come back to that. By the way. If we're doing an honesty box at the end, I've got one. Um, <laughs> I don't have it in the notes, but now I'm putting it right in there. <laughs> honesty But we... But yeah, we, we, we are privileged to have that little media viewing platform, which for for those that don't know, is basically just right at the back and the middle, like dead center behind the first tee, right at the top. We have our own little special entrance and we walk up a bazillion steps, but it's totally worth it when you get up there. And and it was, it was one of those things, wasn't it? You and I sort of set up camp in the media center. We had a bit of breakfast and we went, right, we've just eating a shitload of what is essentially fried food. Let's go and work it all off up those <laughs> steps. And it is a magnificent experience. Like, I, uh, I think the Ryder Cup first tee experience is something that I don't think you can really appreciate until you've actually done it. Mm-hmm. There aren't, I've been very fortunate in my life and my career to, as, I'm, as you are, have been as well, to have gone to some incredible sporting events, whether it be, the you know I've been to the World Cup with my job at football. I've been to the Ashes with my job. I've been to Wimbledon. I've been to the Davis. I was at the Davis Cup when Great Britain won for the first time since the Stone Age. Uh, obviously, I've been to Opens and Ryder Cups and things. I can't recall ever on the Rugby World Cup. I, <laughs> I, I can't really recall anything that's ever matched that first tee experience for mm-hmm. me. It's unique, and, isn't it? Uh, I, look, this is probably more of a conversation for uh, Fridays commute but when you walk up and you look at that tee and there's there's four and a half thousand i asked the guys behind the desk there's four and a half thousand seats this year compared to seven thousand but it still feels seven thousand in france in, in, in paris yeah oh, so wow, seven thousand okay. back then there's four but and that wraps around to the 18th didn't it so yeah. it's a kind of double stand at the yeah end exactly there. and also uh france was incredibly flat whereas mm. the first hole here I, I i don't know if you really see this on it it's like augusta isn't it the tv doesn't really do it justice just how much of a hill this place is on but the first hole just sweeps right up to what is essentially the highest point on the golf course uh which creates that kind of amphitheater effect which makes it even better and i I think it's going to be absolutely brilliant again the only reason why i'm really talking about that first tee experience now on the first day is a because there's nothing else going on because we're still basically a week from the tournament but also because it does come flooding back. As soon as you yeah. walk onto that first tee for the first time on, what is it today, Tuesday, it just comes all crashing back. And it, it is quite emotional. And I was kind of st- stood there taking it all in, reflecting on years gone by of being stood on that first tee. And then you t- you tapped me on the shoulder and went, 
don't look over the back. <laughs> it is bloody high. It's a steep drop. And the is. thing is, there's not much of a backing to it as well. I mean, the, the railing comes up to around about waist height. Yeah. It so really feels like just a, above waist yeah, height. Yeah, it feels like all you'd have to do is sort of back into it slightly faster than normal and you would uh, be tippling over that thing. Tippling? That's not a word. Toppling. Toppling. There you Close go. enough. There you go. It's been a really long day. We've been up since what? A quarter to six? Yeah. Half past five, quarter to six. And Fumes at this point. I think you're, you're quite right about the first tee experience though, because this is the fourth Ryder Cup that I've done in European, fourth Ryder Cup I've done actually full stop, European soil or otherwise. Wales was the first one. First tee experience there was really cool, more ways than one. It's wet as hell, but uh, it had that little mini horseshoe amphitheatre going on. Glen Eagles it upped the game. France uh, completely obliterated everything that had gone before, took it to a new level. And I must admit, coming here, I was a little bit worried that it would be a little underwhelming. The yeah. pictures that I saw of it, it kind of looked a bit incomplete. It certainly looked noticeably smaller than Paris. But again, double grandstand there for 1 in 18. I was totally blown away by the scale of the first tee because it's so much bigger than I was anticipating, so much steeper as yeah. well. They've done this really cool thing. You might have seen on the, the bunkered social media channels today, if not, certainly Alex or I's, that on the outside, the big wrap that they've got going around the back of the, the tee, they've put this really cool, it's blue for a start, but they've got this really cool sort of Coliseum style pattern design around it to give that that full amphitheatre effect, which really I just cool. thought was such a clever nod. It's really, really smart. Yeah, if you, if you haven't seen that, listeners, not you, Michael, uh, Michael has... <laughs> tweeted that today and it is incredibly it is, it's just cool it's it like, yeah. the best way to describe it it's just really really cool exactly something like that it's probably quite easy to get wrong and make it quite cheesy but they've done such a good job and yeah there's cool little touches like that throughout i mean there's a big wall and I'm, i think they've got this replicated in the european team room as well that spells out the word europe but it's made up of the names of every single player who has ever played for this side of the Atlantic. It was it, like 158 Cup. players or something like something that? Something like that, yeah. It's, it's such a cool wall display as you're heading from the, the practice screen to the first tee. And I think the players will probably see that on, on their walk. I think it incorporates mm -hmm. yep. it. So it, it's, they've just got all the, the little details so far, it would appear pretty much spot on. So I think we're both pretty impressed by I'm sure you so far. I'm sure you've watched that. Uh, Ryder Cup Europe video as well of Luke Donald oh, taking us through the if you haven't go on social media and, and look for it because it's it's incredible I don't want to spoil it but yeah. the last 15-20 seconds are incredibly emotional I yeah. mean it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out who is involved but uh, yeah it's, it's, it's well worth it, uh, isn't it I choked up a little bit it's kind of counterintuitive to point people towards content that's not ours but <laughs> honestly Ryder Cup Europe's social media accounts, they are smashing it so far this week. The Monty video, the hotel inspector was tremendous. <laughs> this video is tremendous. It's, yeah, they, they've... I think we could do a whole podcast on uh, like sitcom ideas for Colin Montgomery, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Monkey tennis. Monty tennis. That'd Monty be something tennis, that there you that. go. It was right in front of you. <laughs> so one big surprise so far, we'll come on to the press conferences in, in part two, which is actually coming up really quick. Time is marching away. But the, the biggest surprise so far this week is that Luke Donald has decided to go with foursomes instead of four balls for the opening session. I kind of, I don't want to sound smart or anything like that, but I did have a bit of a hunch that he was going to do it when you looked at the team that he had set up. It looked like it was, you know, foursomes is Europe's strength historically in the match. 
not quite as much of a, a lopsided affair as some people would have you believe. We, we, Europe, do have the edge over America in foursomes overall, slightly, but enough. But if you're looking at trying to get off to a fast start and give ourselves the best possible platform to then, as much as anything else, blood the rookies in the afternoon on their own golf ball and the four balls, foursome seems like the logical place to start. You've got eight players who've played in it before who actually split up pretty well to make four really exceptional complementary pairings. Why not send them all out in that morning session and try and get some momentum going? The problem he then has, and Brandel Shambly, Alex, articulated this really well on the Golf Channel, is what if it backfires and suddenly we're chasing our tail at the end of that opening session? The US has the advantage and suddenly Europe has to have a tactical rethink. We could be in Darren Clark 2016 territory potentially, but what, what do you make of, of Donald's call? Well, I think when it comes to tactics, you could just say that about anything, couldn't you? You could just say, well, if he'd kept it the other kept kept it as it has been for the last few Ryder Cubs, we could and, and we were zero and four after the first session, we could say, oh, he, he should have swapped it around and stuff. Mm -hmm. We're clearly stronger in foursomes. He should have started there. But Luke Donald said, we are we have a stronger foursomes team. Like, so that's why we're starting. We want to get off to a good start. And who the hell are we to argue with that? Exactly. Like it's, you know, I'm not going to go into Pep Guardiola's changing room and start arguing with him about the team he's putting out because they're probably going to go out and win five nil. Like it just, it doesn't make any sense to me that anyone would argue against that. Luke Donald and his backroom staff think that we are a better foursomes team. Therefore, we're starting with foursomes on Friday morning. And I don't think anyone can argue with that. I mean, it, look, was it? It was 1993 the last time we mm -hmm. started. Yeah, so it's, it's it's another little omen, isn't it? To yeah. Back to that, which is kind of terrifying. But look, I'm not going to sit here and argue about it at all. I think if I I completely 100% agree. Like we we've had a go at the the teams. We sat in the media center and looked at mm -hmm. who we thought. Yep. Go on, you you. This is your piece. I'll let you read them out. But I, well, I'm I'm happy with these. I'm I'm not arguing with you about these. Certainly, I. Someone will, obviously. I, I think that they make sense, certainly in the context of the, the practice round that we had today and, and who was playing with who. But I reckon you're going to see McElroy and Fleetwood mm -hmm. going together yep. potentially. I think you've got McElroy's huge length off the tees, which is going to be a massive advantage here if he can keep it in play, which then sets up Fleetwood with his iron game, I think, really nicely. Yep, absolutely. So I can see them maybe playing somebody like Cantley and Shoffley. And I'll tell you what, I'll do the Europeans first and then the Americans. I also see Ram and Hatton. They combined pretty well in um, Whistling Straits in, in 2021. One of three partners, remember, that Tyrrell Hatton had back in 21. I don't think Harrington totally knew how to use him. I said that in the preview pod. But I think he and Ram, whilst they're both quite fiery characters and people are saying, well, are they not going to bounce off each other in fireworks? Yes, I think that's exactly what will happen. Yep. I think they'll, they'll, that'll be a strength for Europe to have two hot-headed guys playing together rather than a weakness. I then see Fitzpatrick and Rose, pretty obvious reasons. I think they're similar personalities, similar demeanour, similar games. And then in match four, I've got Victor Hovland and Ludwig Oberg, which I had Hovland and McElroy previously. And I still think that could happen, but they didn't play together today. So I'm That's maybe slightly... Cater, isn't it? Like yeah. it's, you'd be gobsmacked if they didn't play together in today's practice round and then they were paired together. Correct. That seems... Exactly. So I, I see Oberg being used, but uh, quite possibly. That means that Shane Lowry's sitting. I think he's the unfortunate one that's missing out in terms of the experienced players that are there, along with Hoygaard, Straka and Bob Mack. And I think the American pairing's pretty much, pr 
pretty much pick themselves. Cantley, Schofley, Spieth, Thomas, I would have probably bookending mm-hmm. that session. Yep. Scheffler and Burns, I think it's probably quite an open secret that they are really good pals. Yep. I think they seem like a good fit. And then I'm seeing Kepka and Clark. I think they could be maybe maybe that's yeah, the one outlier like there. But yeah, yeah, that, that for me would be the 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 pairings on the the opening morning. It'd no be really there? interesting. The the Ram Hatton one is inter- is is the most interesting one, isn't it? Mm. Because you, for all the reasons you've just laid out, but I, what would be most interesting is if they go out. Say for the sake of argument, they go out and get humped by whoever they're playing. What Luke does with them then? Because like you said. Harrington didn't really know what to do with Hutton. And I said it in the preview pod myself, like Hutton needs to step up this week. Mm-hmm. He he is the one player. I, I had him as the, the player uh, with the most to prove in our preview. And I stand by that still. Mm-hmm. Like I think he, he is the player that's got to go out there. He can't hide behind being a rookie anymore. He can't hide behind being inexperienced anymore. We've got too many rookies, too many inexperienced players. He needs to step up. But it, so I think... Luke's management of Hatton is perhaps his trickiest task. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think if everything goes to plan, and look, Luke Donald will be preparing for things going to plan, you know, prepare for the best, you know, or hope for the best, prepare for the worst, I don't really think is the the type of logic that you apply here. He's going to be setting out a team to try and win every session, not win the foursomes, get off to a good start, and then, you know, if we struggle a bit in the four balls, so be it. So I actually think that, He'll look at that and go, yeah, that's that's probably quite a strong strong way to go with it. And then I can bleed the rookies in the in the afternoon. So that I think is is what's going to happen. But I've been wrong before, Alex. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Someone will let you know on Twitter, I'm sure. Oh, most likely. Anyway, more from Alex and I to come on the Ryder Cup commute right after this. All golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great. But does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI-designed forged 455 face cup and an all-new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new Paradigm in performance from Callaway. Welcome back. Part two. Part two. Duo, Due, whatever it is, Italian. <laughs> I genuinely don't know the Italian for two. Oh, no. Duo, to, is it? I'm, I'm going to have to look that up now, Alex. Part two, anyway, of the Ryder Cup commute from, well, my hotel room, as we've established here in Rome. Michael and Alex with you. Do not forget, I know we're all getting very excited about the Ryder Cup, and we should be, but there's another massive event taking place next week, and that is the very first Bunkered Podcast Live, presented by Eden Mill, taking place at Drygate in Glasgow, Thursday, October the 5th, in the evening. After the football, you can watch Rangers play and win in the Europa <laughs> League, and then come along and watch that. So tickets are just about gone, though. That is the problem that you've got. So if you haven't got your tickets, you need to get them now. Bunkered.co.uk forward slash podcast live get involved because it's going to be a lot of fun prizes to be won in the night prizes well. to be won i'll have clothes on yeah, yes be fun. yeah lots of things will be different about the live event <laughs> <laughs> alex scotty scheffler now we all know and love scotty scheffler fantastic from tea to green horrible on the green has pretty much been the the summary that many have thrown quite loosely at him over the past year no question his putting has been an issue. We've been talking about it for months. don't know how many episodes of the pod we've chatted about it. 
And the recurring question has been, what is he going to do about it and when? This week appears to have been the when and the what has turned to, frankly, one of the great putting coaches in the game. A man who has, well, what he's forgotten about the putting stroke, most of us have not and will not ever learn, and that is Phil Kenyon. They've been working really hard together on the greens over the past couple of days. Two things. One, are you surprised to see Scheffler make that change? And two, are you surprised to see him make it this week with so much on the line? The Ryder Cup, of course, is a putting contest. Well, first of all, Kenyon, traitor. <laughs> Why? I mean, as if Scotty Scheffler isn't dangerous enough as it is. I mean, there's just nothing that money can't buy, is there? It's unbelievable. Um, no, I, I, no I, it is incredibly concerning for the Europeans that he is has got the man for putting on his team now am I what am I surprised that he's doing it this week yes it's not as you said it's a putting contest it's not a major if it was if it was major week you'd sort of think this is not the time to be doing this but he needs to sort out like it's not a secret. He needs to sort it out. This is actually, I, I can't remember if it was you or Bryce who said it last week. You essentially sound the same to me. But <laughs> one of you said that, I think it was Bryce, said that the most frustrating thing is that Scotty Scheffler just won't come out and admit it. Like he, doesn't yeah. see, like he doesn't seem to want to acknowledge it. This is him acknowledging it. And this is him not only acknowledging it in the best. It almost feels like he deliberately waited until this week. Like mm. he, he, he had a few weeks. He was like, "Look, do you know what? I've made enough money on the PJ Tour. I'm doing. I'm not going to change anything now because I've got the FedEx Cup playoffs coming up. I want to win the Tour Championship. Blah blah blah. I tell you what, I'll do. I'll just, I'll just keep it under wraps, and then bang, I'll hit him with Kenyon at the bloody Ryder <laughs> Cup. So we all absolutely shit ourselves. But no, like, look, it's, it's some for me. If I'm an American fan, I'm absolutely buzzing as it is. I'm a European fan. I'm terrified. This guy is, and uh, well, I could, did I call him a ninja last week? He's an absolute <laughs> he ninja, have. isn't he? Just terrifies me. And if he is putting the way that we know Phil Kenyon can make him putt, then then watch out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I suppose the the train of thought is well, it's too soon to see results, but from everything that we've heard from people who've been watching him particularly closely, the results are there already. You know, there's a marked improvement in the stroke, the hole-out percentage, the confidence that he's got in his putting stroke now, simply from the time he spent working with Kenyon. And listen, this could have been going on for a few weeks, months even, we just haven't seen it publicly. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it is, it is almost like the big reveal and uh, a huge gotcha moment to the Europeans. I actually think if that is the case, what an absolute blinder well, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. If he has left it until this week, then fair play. That's it's absolutely just amazing, brilliant. isn't it? But yeah, I, uh, I, it'll be interesting to see because the stroke will be under a huge amount of, of pressure this week. We all know how good he is from tee to green. That's never, ever been part of the discussion or ever up for debate. The greens has been the issue. I'm just, I'm like you, I'm gutted that he's gone to Kenyon because that man is, he is the man, cap T, cap M when it mm -hmm. comes to putting. So delighted for Phil. Great client to have on board. Delighted for Scotty. Great coach to have. <laughs> Absolutely bloody gutted for us. Could have left it until next week. Exactly. Exactly. Today has mainly consisted of press conferences. Luke Donald came back into the, the, the media centre earlier today, as did Zach Johnson. And 
I won't bore you with the details, but effectively they said nothing at all. They've got not much they can say. You know, they, they just keep getting trotted out every day and it's like, so what's new? Not much. Right, okay, see you same time tomorrow. Perfect. <laughs> and they're both quite guarded individuals anyway, aren't they, Alex? They don't say a huge amount. And I think they've, they've, they've got their media duties pretty much spot on so far. Then we had a stream of players... I think five Americans back-to-back, five Europeans back-to-back. Literally tagging each other in. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, what was that? Legion of Doom? What were those two characters called? (laughs) Hawk and Animal. Yes, exactly. Just tagging (laughs) each other in, off you go. That was obviously JT and Spieth. But yeah, I must admit to being slightly disappointed by the pressers. Again, the players have obviously been well-coached, well-prepared, well-versed in terms of just don't see anything that's going to make a big story. A lot of nothing burgers today, wasn't there? <laughs> a lot of nothing burgers, to use your favourite phrase. Yeah, it's... Uh, the the thing is, we, we were discussing this on the bus on the way back, actually, with a uh, friend of ours in the media. and Mr. Nick Metcalf, big shout yeah, out. Big shout out. He, uh, he is listening. The Colonel. Um, it, for me, it is... We, we've talked about this before on this podcast, where we talk about how... You've got the guys who are ingrained in golf. They go to every single golf tournament. They know all the players inside out. They know what's been asked. And then, of course, you come to a, a major or a Ryder Cup. And then, and this isn't a criticism in any way, shape or form. But obviously, then the chief sports writers start showing up. And they have obviously got to get their line that they're being told by the editor. The problem is, is that line is usually a question that's already been asked mm. 100 times in the last few weeks. And you just saw Luke Donald today getting asked about Aberg, and you're thinking, yeah, first of all, he was just rolling his eyes. Mm-hmm. And second yeah. of all, we're all sitting in the back going, yep, yeah, we know the answer to this. And if you had just done a really quick Google, you would as well. Yeah, exactly. So it is a bit frustrating in that sense. It's just, I don't understand why the captains are, I think they're, they're doing three, it's three press yeah. conferences, isn't it? Between yeah. Monday and Friday, which is absolutely ludicrous. It is too much. And then the players come in, don't really say anything. I mean, you and I sat there like, oh, JT will be interesting. No, boring. Uh, John Rahm will come in and say something mental. No, pretty boring. Fleetwood, nothing. Fleetwood didn't say anything of note. And um, again, it's not criticism, but it's they perhaps they just don't want to rock the boat or say anything stupid that's going to get for any reason that's not golf. I think the only thing of note for me today was that Jordan Spieth kept getting asked about 30 years of hurt. Now... First of all, he definitely doesn't get that reference. No, because there's no not. way he was watching England heartbreakingly disappear out of Euro '96. Do you think he's heard of the Dylan Skinner or even the Lightning <sighs> Seeds? I don't know. I doubt it. I yeah, can't imagine can't he's. I can't imagine he's walking around during the World Cup with three lines belting out yeah. through his house like I am. But actually, I want to now getting his AirPods when he's practicing on the green tomorrow, and if he's listening to the life of Riley, <laughs> then maybe I've got it all wrong. But yeah, he he was he was irked because. Mm the tabloid journalist kept asking him about 30 years of her. They were obviously trying to get that liner. And to be fair, they got it out of him. And he, he, he essentially said, we don't care. But what he meant by that was, there's hardly anyone on the team have been involved in any of those. So you've got Ricky Fowler, who's played in three away Ryder Cups and lost them all. Jordan Spieth has been involved in two. And then you've got Kepka and JT who have done one each. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's three, four, seven, seven Ryder Cup defeats between four players. And we're talking about a record that goes back 30 years. So Jordan Spieth is quite rightly saying, well, 
what it doesn't like it's not our fault that we haven't yeah, won for, exactly. for 30 years so we're not thinking about that we're all we're thinking about is getting the w this week so fair play to him i thought it but you could just saw he it was one of those things where and th- this happens in press conferences like, this obviously doesn't get seen a lot because when when you're reading the stories and reading the reports you're just kind of reading it almost like as a chronological order mm. in in chronological order but what actually happens in these things is a player says something someone on the other side of the room has a follow-up question about it, but then that follow-up question might not happen for five or 10 minutes. Yeah. So then it comes back to, and there was just wonderful just watching JT suddenly get, uh, sorry, not JT, who was it? Spieth, get really irritated again. And you sort of think <laughs> like, just either tell him to shut up or just say, <laughs> dude, I've already answered this question. Like, let's an just, just pl- I'm begging you to move on and ask anything <laughs> else. But yeah, it was quite funny watching him get quite irked. And it, what, what was quite noticeable as well is uh, he just, when the uh, the guy sat next to him just said, "Right, thanks for your time, Jordan." He literally just yeah, shot out of his chair. Yeah, he could not get out of that room. Bullets have left gun slower. <laughs> it was very quite good. something to see. So tomorrow, Wednesday, as you're listening to this, hopefully, we'll have Rory McIlroy in. He's actually in at nine o'clock, I think. We've got Bob McIntyre, Matt Fitzpatrick, I think a handful of more Americans, Scottish Scheffler, I think, is on the list as well. So we'll find out a little bit more about his switch to working with Phil Kenyon or move to work with Phil Kenyon. There's also an all-star match tomorrow. Novak Djokovic, Gareth Bale, Catherine Newton. I think I'm right in saying Alessandro Del Piero, which I'm quite excited about. They're all taking part. Which, is, def- which is definitely Italian for Alex Perry, by the way. <laughs> Actually, Actually, yes, uh, it is. Piero must- Alex the Perry is pretty much Alessandro Del Piero. They called him Alex Del Piero. Yeah. So a- no, Alex the Peter. The I Alex I'm called, yeah, I think yeah. it's Peter, isn't it, Piero, but... I'll give it to you anyway. I'll take it. Yeah. It's the same, the same silky touch of that, right? I'll, uh, I'll offer him a bottle of cider and see if he takes it. If he does, <laughs> we are one. <laughs> so that's taking place tomorrow as well. We'll be getting some content from that, no doubt. It's it's just celebrities hitting golf balls, probably hitting terrible shots. It's good. But it's, it's fun. brilliant. I'm so happy that it's happening because... There, we Again, we spoke about this last week, but there is just such a long time... Mm. Like there's there's five days of build up for a three day tournament is absolutely ludicrous. So yeah, but to happy to be here. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, very happy of course. to be here. Yeah, sorry, I, I didn't want that to be misconstrued <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. But are listening, Alex. It does. It is a bit silly, isn't it? Sometimes when you're like, we. I mean, even sitting here now on Tuesday night, it's like we've got two more full days before this yeah. tournament even starts, and it's like, what are we gonna do? We'll figure something out. If our bosses are listening, then we're doing loads of work. Loads and loads of work. Go and look at bunker.co.uk. You can see examples of that oh, work. That was a nice plug and segue, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's teed me up beautifully for it. And of course, check out all of our social channels, Twitter, Threads, Facebook, Instagram, Reels, Stories, you name it. We've got the whole lot going on there and we'll be continuing with that over the next few days. We all OnlyFans? I am. <laughs> <laughs> and your task is to find me. Right, on that note, we'll leave it there. That very bizarre wow. note, we'll leave Jesus. it there. Alex, you mentioned something about an honesty box. Should we come back to that tomorrow? No, I do want okay, to Okay, let's do it. Let's do and it. I'm actually, because it actually, it does, it, it segues nicely from what I just said. The Ryder Cup should be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yes. And then we all go home Sunday. Correct. There we go. I'll leave that stench in the air for people to enjoy. <laughs> 
Thursday, Friday. We all come out. We all fly out Monday. We have Tuesday and Wednesday to do press conferences. The tournament is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We all go out and get lashed on Saturday night. Drink responsibly, of course. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, we all go home with hangovers. And it would mitigate any confusion, obviously, as well, which is also Absolutely. So on that note, that is it from Alex and I for just now. We'll be back again tomorrow with more from Marco Simone. Hopefully maybe a bit of Rory's presser as well, or at least one of the pressers will try and build that in. And we will be bringing you great guests throughout this week as well. We'll record the next one at the golf course, I, I should have thought, because whilst this hotel room's nice, it is disconcerting that you're naked. So, <laughs> Alex, thank you very much for your time. Always a pleasure. See you tomorrow. And thank you to you for listening and to Callaway for the continued support. Until tomorrow, bye-bye for now.